What's up, everybody? This is Toby, and you're listening to the Diverse Podcast, where I sit down with candidates, employers, and entrepreneurs to share their stories and best advice. I'm the founder of Diverse, which is a careers platform supporting underrepresented young professionals and helping them find roles with inclusive employers. Head over to wearediverse.io for the latest opportunities and free resources. Subscribe to us on Apple, Google, or wherever you get your podcasts, and find us on YouTube at We Are Diverse as well. Hope you enjoy this episode. Cool. All right. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Diverse Podcast. I'm here this time with Vincent Ekunle, who's a public sector consultant at Grant Thornton um, and also the co-founder of their Ethnicity Network as well. So uh, very happy to have you on, Vincent. How are you doing? I'm good. Happy to be here. And thank you for inviting me. Perfect. We're both buzzing off the back of the England game right now. So uh, yeah. probably by the time this goes out, we've probably won the Euros. Yeah. So, um, let's just be confident about that. Let's uh, let's kick off with a bit of a background then, Vincent. Why don't you let everyone know a bit about yourself? Yep. Yeah, so I um, grew up in Islington, have two brothers and a little sister. I won't say which one's the favourite. And I recently moved out to Dalston with my housemate, who's the guy in the background. <laughs> and we get attend- into the podcast, that's yeah, right. Sure. And I attended um, Nottingham, went to Nottingham University where I studied politics and then I wasn't really ready to leave. So I decided to do a master's and studied international business. And then after that was looking for a job and went to Grant Thornton where I was working as an auditor and became an accountant before moving into public sector consulting. Brilliant, brilliant. So let's jump straight into Grant Thornton then. So you've worked, you've worked there for some time now. How, how long has it been now? So it's been three, I think it's almost exactly three and a half years today. Perfect, yeah. perfect. So I guess first question, you know, what, what's it like working there? Give us um, give us the inside scoop. Mm. So I think before before I joined uh, the professional world, I kind of had no idea what, what to expect or what, what it was going to be like. And I was rather apprehensive. But I think joining Grant Thornton was the best possible starting point that I could have had. I think life here is is fantastic. I think when I started, one of the things that really helped me settle in was having a really big cohort. Um, so we're all still friends now. We actually, for the first like two years, I think we all went out for dinner together every payday. And that really, I think, speaks to the type of people that we have here, which is everyone wants wants to help. And I, I, I think Grant Thornton is the place that has made me realise that equally as important as enjoying what you're doing is being comfortable and happy where you are. And through our collaborative, through our collaborative culture, I think that I've had a great time and I couldn't advocate life here enough. And I think it's really a place where you have the opportunities and you are encouraged to explore things outside of your day job that you're passionate about and the firm will always support you in that so i'd say life here is is brilliant that's fantastic yeah it sounds like a you know really big graduate intake so mm-hmm. you know it's not just going to be you turning up by yourself it's going to be a chance to uh, meet lots of friends if that's mm-hmm. the, the scheme that you go for and that really helps you get settled in right away mm-hmm. so um, that's brilliant yeah. how how would you describe the the culture then for someone who's interested in working at grant thornton so in terms of in terms of the culture i think the first thing that I think strikes out to me the most is how non-hierarchical it, it is. So when I first joined, we have large intakes of uh, sc- school leavers who are people with less school 
at 18 and joined the working world all the way up to our partnership some of whom have probably been here for hundreds of years and i feel like it, it it's the sort of environment where every it's sort of culture where everyone's ideas are truly valued and when you get when you get into the, to the mix of it you totally forget because of that like the differences in age which would have a bigger impact outside like i wouldn't go up to someone in like a club or something and speak to somebody who's at three four times the age of myself however at, at grant thornton because of the culture that kind of thing seems seems normal and that really does help you to settle in especially someone like me who was from a state educated background going into grant thornton was the first time i'd ever been in an office and that kind of environment can be quite intimidating so to be able to go in there and to feel welcomed by individuals at all level really helps you to settle down and bring out your best self and i also think that we have a rather innovative culture uh, I, I don't say innovative in the sense we're not like tesla where they're spitting out a thousand new ideas every day and we'll probably start moving the rocket mars. ships yeah the <laughs> rocket ships get us on mars within a year so it's not a constant uh, never-ending churn of new ideas it's more innovative in the sense that all ideas are welcome and from from any level so whilst i've seen whilst i've seen partners do some fantastic work breaking into into new ground and, and new areas and big wins with new clients that we haven't gone into before i have also seen people all the way down the other side of the spectrum um, at entry level school leavers and graduates i have seen them come up with really innovative ideas to improve our quality to create a more inclusive environment to help us go to market in a more efficient and practical way. And all of those ideas have always been welcomed and people are always encouraged to lead if they come up with their own ideas. So it's really innovative. And I'd say the, the last important tenet of our culture is quality. So I think that we try to foster the type of environment where you're encouraged to try to be at your best. And being at your best doesn't mean grinding 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 uh 24 hours a day it means that every day that you bring yourself to work you need to try to bring quality in everything that you do all day every day and even when you're having you're having those bad days and and the way that the firm helps us to do that is by creating some fantastic training programs ensuring that everyone is always on hand to help and to give us the support support that we need and ensuring that this technical challenge i feel in in all of our roles and encouraging people to take on those more technically challenging things and for me personally i was also given the chance to study for an accounting qualification for which i'll be forever grateful and it's given me a far more erudite understanding of how businesses work and i try to use that in my in my day-to-day -day job so we always want to do our best for for our clients and the only way that we can do that is by being uh, putting quality first and that's something that is engendered i think throughout the entire firm I like that a lot. That's brilliant. So there's a big focus there on learning and development, which I think, you know, listeners out there, you know, current students or young professionals, so young people, and they're thinking about, you know, how do I develop my career over time? So that's, that's going to be really important, right? That investment in these courses and, you know, time for you to, to train properly right at the start of your career. Really yeah. important. Yeah, that's all stuff. Brilliant. And I, I like what you said there earlier about sort of bringing ideas to the table. I, I talked to a lot of young people. What I tried to help them understand is that 
you you can kind of bring a lot of value to an organization even, mm. even if you don't have a tender experience i think mm. that's a big part of the reason why employers do these early career schemes is mm-hmm. so they can get that new fresh ideas in and be challenged and mm-hmm. you know get get outside the box so mm-hmm. i think you know be confident go in there and, and kind of give mm-hmm. your ideas and, and and don't be shy i guess is what yeah. i'd say um, sure. so in terms of now we've got people interested and excited by by, by that mm-hmm. sort of uh, opportunity um mm-hmm. what kind of values do you think you look for um in in someone who's applying to grant thought and is there a grant thought and type of person that you think of mm. or anything that someone could demonstrate to get an edge in the application process so i think in terms of someone applying to grant thornton to um give themselves a, a better chance i think it's important that you really research the company and understand try your best to understand the area that it is you're applying for and going into because it can be tough studying for example for a professional qualification alongside working full-time that is tough and it's important that it's tough because nothing worth doing is is easy but you need to kind of understand what it is you're setting yourself up for and you'll be supported to do that but you need to understand it beforehand and i think that when you start to research the company you'll begin to understand more about how salient diversity and inclusion is for our company and that's something that any candidate looking for a job within Grant Thornton I think should want to be able to speak about but also to be able to ask questions on to understand what it is that we're doing in this area we have a stated aim of wanting to be the best firm for value and diversity for inclusion by 2025 and we are doing an, a phenomenal amount of work in this area to try try to reach our goals and ensure that GT is a place where anyone can come and thrive and anyone can come and be yourself and I can't stress the importance of that enough so doing some research around what we're doing in in that area would bode well but i think the the, the bottom line is if if you want to if you want if you want to learn if if you love working with if you love working with others if you want to be in a flexible a flexible environment and if you want to come to a company that is going to challenge you to be the best that you can be then i think you stand a great chance when applying absolutely and i think it is really important to take a bit of time you know don't sort of try and spray off loads of applications mm-hmm. and you know hit that LinkedIn easy apply button mm-hmm. all day long mm-hmm. um, because that's just not the way to stand out is it yeah. you've, you've got to find a firm that really resonates with you and hopefully you know Grant Thornton um, uh, really does take your mm-hmm. time and really learn about their initiatives and mm-hmm. then reference those you know you can mm-hmm. sort of if you are truly passionate about diversity and inclusion you've got an organization mm-hmm. who's really ambitious about that and doing a lot to back it up as well mm-hmm. so dive into the initiatives and reference those in your interviews and then mm-hmm. like you said as well really important to ask questions you know mm-hmm. the interview is also for you to find out if the employer is right for you as well mm-hmm. so that's mm-hmm. a great great yeah. way for you to, to do yeah. that and yeah. some and picking up on what you've mentioned about referencing and initiatives a point that i would bring out to anyone is when applying for gt an issue that i had in the past when applying for companies was i felt i'd got to the end of university and i didn't have the the sports teams the the internships the 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 school prefect school prefect for my fast mm-hmm. to, to speak about and don't let that discourage you from applying don't feel as if because you don't hit every single bullet point on the um desired a uh, desired characteristics straight that you can't can't apply if someone has to if, if someone couldn't do these activities because 
they have responsibilities at home, then that, put that down. That is another example of, of, of showing leadership. If someone writes in their spare time and this hasn't been published, then put that down. That is another example of how you are dedicated to a craft. Anything that you think is relevant should be put down and don't discount it because it isn't similar to what everyone else has done. We're looking for people from a wide range of backgrounds so they can bring that diversity of thought so we can be the best firm possible. So it's really important that people don't think that because they're different, they're not good enough. Yeah, hugely, hugely important point. Absolutely. I think this is something I found as well, talking to young people, you know, not having that sort of um, real appreciation for what they've done. You mm -hmm. know, if you've been a mm -hmm. carer, that mm. is just huge, huge amount of responsibility, more so than you would get in an internship or a sport mm. team, right? But those aren't the kind of things that people are bringing up. And they almost, I find, want to sort of leave behind some of the things they've done in the past. But you really, you need to be shouting mm. about these things, right? Mm. So, yeah, that, that, that should be one big takeaway, absolutely. Mm. Um, are there any other than bits of advice you've got? I'm curious about you as well. Mm. So, um, you know, your mm. interviews, your applications, what do you mm. think you've done really well? Have you networked? Have you? Mm. Is there anything outside of the box you've you, you've done that you want to share um, that you in yes. applications? So I wouldn't say I've probably done anything very well. I think some <laughs> things some things that have so, some things that I would say have helped me in my careers is number one uh, networking, and I try to not call it networking. It's more you are making friends and why why networking is is so important is because you you need to get a diverse range of perspectives from different people in order to make the best decisions in your life and in, in your career and it's really what i've realized that is really important at those critical junctions in your life is asking the right asking people for advice people who know far more than you and if you are unable to ask those individuals for advice, if you don't know those individuals, then you're going to struggle to make the best decisions because you don't have all of the possible, all of the information that that is possible. And I think it's really important to have a network because there'll be times, there'll be tough times and you can lean on these individuals who have got to where it is that, that you want to get to. And you can speak to them about the tough times that they've fallen onto. And it, that can inspire you to get through those moments and I think I've come to, I think I've come to understand that your career is like, it's a series of, of moments and it's how you deal with the bad moments that are going to define how far you go. And it's having a support network really can make all of the difference in all of the difference. And I think it's really important as well for someone to, I think the most important characteristic within, in the professional world is uh, resolve having the ability to say this is where I want to get to and even though today that feels like a million miles away because something's gone wrong that tomorrow is going to be better and the day after that's going to be better and the day after that's going to be better and having the ability to to learn from your mistakes so if I mean learn from your mistakes and don't beat yourself up too much about it you made this mistake okay this is what happened what can I learn from it and now I'm going to move on and go on to the next step and if you can try to reduce that okay, this is what happened, I feel rubbish part. If you can reduce that, then going forward, the mistakes that you make, you're going to get over them quicker, you'll learn quicker and you'll have, you'll have more time. I just think it's so important that people realise that things are going to go wrong and it's not the end of the world. It doesn't mean it's the end of your, your dream and you need to be able to cross that hurdle 
and get a, get back on the saddle and just just keep on going. They're really important characteristics that I think have helped uh, me in my career, having resolve and understanding how important it is to get out there and, and meet people. Yeah, it's so important, you know, having that resolve in the job market, you know, mm-hmm. people have been rejected recently, they're sort mm-hmm. of, um, you know, despair and think it's all about them personally mm-hmm. but it really isn't you know there's lots of other people going for these opportunities mm-hmm. and perhaps you did really well and someone mm-hmm. else was just a better fit or mm-hmm. had some more experience so mm-hmm. you've just got to keep moving on to the next one and same thing once you get a job right you know yeah not every project's going to go your way or mm-hmm. things are going to go wrong you can kind of feel sorry for yourself a little bit but yeah it's about shortening that mm-hmm. time isn't it of how yeah. how much you how long you feel sorry for yourself Yes, on the network sure. element, and I like the fact that you called that, um, you know, making a friend, essentially mm. connecting a, more on the friendship mm. level, because that essentially is what, what it is, really, mm. isn't it? If you think about it, if you if you had a job, you'd love to help your friend get a job mm. there at that company as mm. well, right? You, you're you willing to put in a good word for your friend, mm-hmm. no matter what kind of thing. Mm. So that is more the aim of what you're going for. And mm. I think that helps young people as well, because... They find it a bit inauthentic to be networking. It's a yeah. bit of a chore. They don't want to mm. do it. So I like that you've used that different turn of phrase. But mm. how, how would you recommend people do that, you know, practically? Mm. What What's the mm. sort of best ways to reach out, I guess, before you've got into the company and then also once you're there mm. as well? So I think b- before before someone gets into the company, I think you I the best way is to, I think, go on LinkedIn find some people hopefully you may know someone who you used to go to school with or something who works at the company but if you don't just reach out to people I think since I've started a number of people have reached out to me on LinkedIn and I'll, I'll always find the time to to speak to them because individuals have always found the time to, to speak speak with me and I know that the sort of company that we have we always want the best people and if we can help the best people to get in I think you'd be hard pressed to find someone at this company who who isn't going to find the time to talk to you about what it is that they're doing and how they can help you to do what it is that they're doing and then I think once you actually once you get into to GT I think or GT or any other company I think it's really important that you you do well in your job and you meet people in your team but if you to meet people outside of your team you need to do things outside of your team so I think uh, going, I think finding something it is that you are interested in. For me, I'm super passionate about diversity and inclusion. So that's what it is that I went and got, went and got involved in. I have friends who love playing football. So the football teams, that's what it is that they went and got involved in. I have some friends who are diehard environmentalists and that is what it is that they found and got involved in. But also importantly, if you are super passionate about something, but it doesn't exist, then you also are able to go out and create it. There will be other people who have the same passions and you can go out and you can find them and you can you can start to create that. And I think what, what it does boil down to is what, what I kind of did was I just thought I, I wanted to do this or I wanted to get involved in this. And if I couldn't find out what it was online, then I just email people and just say, this is what I want to do. And people are far more helpful than I think people uh, realise. And I think... What's also important is that, again, I think it always comes back to in my head, I'm thinking I want to get the most diverse range of thoughts and opinions possible. Right? So within your, you've gone into your company, you've got your team, and then you've branched out within your company. And then you need to branch out again to outside of your company. There are a number of different events and things online from lots of different companies, political institutions, charities, and just find the stuff it is that you're passionate about and Google some stuff and then then go and get involved. Drag a friend along with you if, if you can, but if you have to go alone, then go alone. There'll be other people there 
other people there alone and then you start again that's how I've met some of my today some of my best friends so just ensuring that you get put yourself out there is the most important thing for networking absolutely yeah it's about getting outside your comfort zone a little mm-hmm. bit isn't it and yeah sometimes you know you might be a foodie and there's no mm-hmm. you know food um, mm-hmm. uh, community at your company and you can mm-hmm. start you know that network within mm-hmm. your within your organization and then who knows maybe the vice president of a yeah. different division is a foodie as well and now mm-hmm. suddenly you've got something in common and that's just way more authentic isn't it than mm-hmm. sort of emailing them and trying to yeah. sort of get a job mm-hmm. or something mm-hmm. um i like that a lot so one of the things you you touched on is diversity that you, you're passionate about mm-hmm. and you've actually gone on to f- to start the ethnicity network mm-hmm. at grant Thornton, right so Tell us a little bit about that and um, yeah, how people get involved in that. What, what kind of things do you get up to? So the Ethnicity Network kind of has, I think, two main aims to try to shift the dial on um, representation at all levels throughout our firm and to reduce our ethnicity pay gap. And we try to do that by focusing on diversity and inclusion. I think we try to like split, split those up. So inclusion is about creating the sort of environment where everyone can come and bring out their best selves at work and to do their best work. In order to do your best work, you need to feel comfortable within that environment. And we try to create as inclusive an environment as possible. And then we also focus on the diversity, which I think is far more quantitative about the numbers, about the type of people we're bringing in, about are the ethnic breakdown at all levels throughout the firm. What can we do to attract a more diverse pool of applicants? And how do we know when we've, when we've got there, right? How, how do we know when we have reached a point where we have removed the barriers that underrepresented groups face at the application process and when they get in in terms of getting promoted to the top level? How do we know when we've removed all of those barriers? And that's the kind of focus i think for us on both diversity and inclusion and the way it's an interesting story in terms of the way that um it began so i kind of i when i first started at at gt for the first six months i really was rather ambivalent about the entirety of diversity inclusion wasn't something that i was focused on all i wanted to do was get past through my first six exams praying every day and then i and then one of my friends managed to drag me along to an event at a company called uh, the MAN Group. And this was, I kind of only went because I knew there'd be like canapes and, and drinks and stuff. And there was, there was a young girl called, a young woman who got on the stage and she was talking about, she was like 18 or so. And she was talking about how when she started at this tech company, she'd never worked at one of those before. And she she kind of wasn't aware of how the dress codes and things were. So I think she went she went in wearing like a hoodie and obviously was kind of castigated for for doing this. And she, she didn't really understand why, because she was doing she knew she could do great work. She said, you know, what, I'm just going to carry on kind of wearing wearing my hoodie. And then she became one of the top performers at this company, got promoted like rather quickly and just kind of outshone everyone whilst wearing this hoodie. And, because she decided to make that decision to be herself as opposed to um, getting closer to the mean, she then changed the culture at that company where people started to think you don't actually need to come in in a suit every day to produce your best work. And at this point, I think I'd just finished university, had done a master's, got into a good company. 
And I, I thought, wow, you're doing like rather well for yourself. And having spoke to this girl so much younger than me, I was like, you, you are doing your model for what it is that I need to, need to be like, because you are a, a leader for what, what it is that you believe in. And then I went back to my uh, company and I was, I was thinking, I want to start this ethnicity network. And I was in, I was in like an audit room. So in an audit room, we have like our team, like two or three of us. And I remember talking for like 20 minutes before I was like, right, when the partner comes in, I'm going to tell him I want to start this ethnicity network. He's going to help me. And I was giving it a big I am. And then when he came in, I was like quite quiet for like half an hour. <laughs> I like didn't say, didn't say a single word. <laughs> and then I was like, and then he was leaving. I literally, as the doors opened, I was like, right, I can't, I can't go out like this. And I was like, um, I spoke to him, I was like, I want to start this ethnicity network. And it goes back to what I was saying before, he was super helpful. He was saying, this is the person you need to email who was the chief operating officer at our firm. So it went from that partner at the top level, chief operating officer, top level. And this this is the person you need to speak about, find out what we're already doing in this area. And we were doing things in this area and then find out what you can add to it. Emailed our chief operating officer. He put me in contact again with the right people. And then from that, the ethnicity network was born. And now it has... 550 members it's it's our largest network and it's something that i'm uh incredibly incredibly proud to be to be involved in wow that's a, that's an incredible story wow and congrats on on everything you, you've built there that's that's amazing what, what do you think what is it do you think about um diversity you mentioned that diversity of thought and opinion as well being beneficial what is it that about that that makes you really passionate do you think i'm, I'm just really curious so I, I I think what makes me uh, passionate about it, I, th- I think are two things. I think number one is I think that I have an erudite understanding of how having a diverse and inclusive workforce actually translates into better bottom line profits. And I just don't, I can't understand why a company wouldn't value diversity and inclusion because to me it, it it just makes so much sense right and i want to try to impart that knowledge onto other individuals because it means that we're all better we're all better off so it's something that i don't i don't understand why a company wouldn't value diversity and inclusion and i think going forward it, you'll be hard pressed to find companies that don't value diversity and inclusion because having a wide range of opinions means you make better decisions and there are a number of individuals right now who are under from underrepresented groups who are underutilized and our companies aren't doing as well as they could be because this talent is being underutilized right so if i can do anything to remove the barriers that are in place and to ensure that our companies are better off then it's going to work out well well for everyone and then i think the other reason why i'm really I'd say passion is is the wrong word, but the other reason why I feel uh, obligated to to push forward diversity and inclusion, particularly for ethnic minorities, although it's important to look at it as one spectrum, but particularly for ethnic minorities in this instance, is because I think back to uh, like my ancestors, and I, I think back to the things that they had to do and the things that they had to go through in order for me to be able to sit where where I'm sitting now. And I sometimes I just sit there and I think if I had to, if I was the person that, that was needed to risk going to prison by sitting at the back of the bus, would I have done this? If I was the person that needed to risk, that had to go to jail for 27 years in order to push forward diversity and inclusion, would would I have, have done that? If I was the person who had to 
stand up and, and speak out for my friends at risk of physical harm, would I have done those things? And fortunately, I'll never know whether I have to do those things, things or not, because they've shifted the dial so far forward. And I feel that we just need to get past this, this last stretch. So that, that is the challenge that I feel has been left down to, to all of us in, in society to continue shifting that dial. And our job is knowing is isn't comparable to the job that those great individuals had in the past. So I feel like the gauntlet has been laid down and how dare I not pick it up. Wow, it's super powerful, you know, and this has been a really, really interesting conversation. So, you know, thanks so much for everything you, you shared so far. Um, what, what would you say to sort of anyone out there who is maybe having a bit of a tough time getting a getting a role um is dealing with with some rejection they've now hopefully listened to this podcast so far and seen some great opportunities with uh with grant thought and what would you sort of pass on to them to make them feel really confident in their career or just help them bounce back um or any advice you've got for them just moving forward so the advice i give is that uh rejection rejection happens and rejection doesn't mean that you're not that you're not good enough and failures don't mean that that you're not that you're not good enough and they don't mean that you can't go on to do whatever it is that you want to do in in the future but if you don't have the resolve to keep on going through those tough moments then you, you may as well pack it pack pack it all all in now and things do get better so one thing that i try to do is i try to i try to read as many biographies as i can of people who are who seem light years away from anything that I could ever possibly do. And when you read it, you realize that they were just normal people just to, to start off with, and they go through the same setbacks, the same failures that we've gone through, but they've kept going. And one thing that I've seen in my in my career and what I've seen through reading what I see on TV is that I, I, there's no shortage of extraordinary people or extraordinary ideas or extraordinary skills, but there is a paucity of that extraordinary will to carry to carry on and to tie that all together. And if someone can just find, if you can just find that resolve, you can just have it in the back of your mind that pain is is temporary. And if you keep pushing through that pain, you can get through to what to to happiness, which is very different to pleasure, just by ensuring that you get up again and you get back on the saddle. So the the best advice I think I could give to anyone who's going through a tough time is to believe that it will get better and work towards making it better. Fantastic. And you mentioned biographies there as a way to sort of get a bit of a window. I, mm. I think this is so this is such a good point because you read about these people and then you and you just think they're just some super, mm. like, you know, out of this world type of person. Mm. There's no you know crossover between me and them mm -hmm. and then you read about all their mistakes they've made you know at yeah. your age or mm -hmm. you know they didn't have it all figured out no matter mm -hmm. you know pick your successful person they've probably failed more than you have because they mm -hmm. just go out and mm -hmm. keep trying these things mm -hmm. are there any specific uh, biographies that come to mind that have really resonated with you um that people can pick up so i think some some biographies that come to mind is reading about uh johnny wilkinson was one i i I've honestly I've watched one rugby match in my entire life, but I just heard that from my friends that he was an incredible guy. So I read about his. I read um, for my dissertation back at school. I read so much about Arsene Wenger and Jose Mourinho. Their fantastic biographies. I watched a documentary on Michael Jordan, and then both of um, 
Barack Obama has two biographies that I couldn't recommend enough that people people get out and read. And a fiction book that actually helps a lot is Harry Potter. Well, I think every <laughs> it's like every book. This guy is every book. He's lost his <laughs> mum. He's lost his dad. He keeps losing his friends. He keeps losing his family. It would have been so easy for him to just say, "I'm just sacking it off and packing. I'm packing it, packing it in." But then the network that he had, that's what got him through all of those books. And he never forgot about the pain of losing his his parents. And he just kept going every single book because he was like, I, I have to do this. And he did it. So that's something that I always try to bear in mind as well. Young Potter. I like it. Yeah. Young Potter. I keep grinding like a young Potter. I like it. I like yeah. it. So before you, we wrap up, um, mm. Open Private School, why don't you let everyone know uh, about that or maybe where to find out more and, and what you're doing with that as well? So the Open Private the Open Private School is a charity that I've run with my best friends, um, Jack Rubin, Harry Little and Caroline Mel. And we have a fantastic team of volunteers. And what it is about is this idea that at the top level within the within professional services and within the working world in general, the biggest diversity disparity isn't uh, to do with ethnicity or to do with gender. It's to do with those who went to uh, private schools and those who went to, to state schools and w we try to unpick the idea of why why that is so what we want to do is to try to offer some of the opportunities that privately educated students get to state school educated students to try to reduce that that disparity and as i mentioned i went to state school my friends caroline and rubin both went to private schools and harry little went to private school and a state school and it's something that, that we all kind of agree on so we connect uh, state educated students with highly experienced mentors in their chosen subject area. So, for example, if you are studying law and you applied and you're successful, you'd be partnered with um, a partner or a QC or someone like that. And someone who can really, number one, uh, tell you so much more about the area that it is you're going into. So you're aware of all the options that are open to you, which is something I feel can hold state school educated students back. We can also give you that confidence speaking with individuals of of that level i remember when i first started working anyone senior i couldn't help calling them sir because it was just what what, what i was used to and being able to speak with individuals of that caliber before before entering the working world i think could, could really help we also host a number of workshops around interview technique how to pick a career that's right for you psychometric testing to give them that boost at a critical stage of, of their development. And then when they when they graduate, something that we realise is that all of our mentors, whilst they are fantastic and brilliant and can help them with that confidence, they're quite far removed from what it is actually like to apply from an, apply for an entry-level job. So when someone graduates from the six-month programme, they'll be partnered with a, um, a someone who is under the age of 30 in their chosen subject area who can help them more practically with things like applications internships when to apply where where to go where to go and get them and then the students will it all comes going back to the networking all of the students become part of their own kind of cohorts so everyone that goes through the open private school program um, becomes part of our alumni network so they have when they're entering the working world they have a ready-made network of individuals across lots of different subject areas who they can hopefully grow and build build their their careers with so that's what kind of the open private school is in the biggest nutshell ever <laughs> yeah the biggest nutshell no it's worth it though that sounds fantastic so you know make sure you go and check that out 
again, make it really easy for you to network and make connections. It's mm. just giving you a little backdoor into doing that. So that's absolutely fantastic. Uh, Vincent, this has been this has been brilliant. You know, if anyone is listening to this at the time of, of uh, posting, there'll be lots of opportunities with Grant Thornton. So if you head over to wearediverse.io, you can find some of the roles that they're showcasing with us. But even uh, the other roles with Grant Thornton, make sure you go and check those out as well. Mm. Uh, so yeah, thanks so much, Vincent. It's been great having you on, and uh, this has been a great episode. I've really enjoyed it. Yeah, thank you, and it's a pleasure to have you. And thanks for listening, everyone. Perfect. Let's leave it there.